All right, guys, welcome back into another NFL DFS video. My name is Eric Paul Zine with 9 to 5 Sports. Going to be breaking down the week six core plays. And as always, guys, if you enjoy this video, make sure to like and subscribe. That does help out the channel a lot, which thus helps me be able to help you guys out. So let's get into the core plays for this week. I do just want to give a quick thank you to today's video sponsor, Sports Battle App. Sports Battle App is a daily fantasy sports prop-based app. A lot of you guys are familiar with the prop-based apps that are out there right now. This one is a newer version. It's a more easier-to-use version, and you guys can get some free money using it. You know, Use the promo code 9TO5 to get $5 on a deposit over $50 or more, and they also do that 100% cash back as well. It's just free money, guys. I'm sure you guys already have some prop-based apps out there. That's fine. You guys can use this. It's just free money that's out there for you guys same thing just a little bit better get out there and use that today use the promo code nine to five so the thing that i like about this week thus far is that it is a pretty simple approach week it is kind of laid out with who the top plays are which is great last week it was kind of cloudy most of them ended up coming through which was pretty awesome to see um this week i think it'll be a little bit better in terms of predictability okay we're not like working for it they're kind of just coming to us easily and what i mean by that is we'll start off with josh allen kind of just a simple play once again josh allen if you guys can afford to pay up for him you should certainly do that it is kind of crazy that josh allen keeps getting these elite matchups you look at all of his matchups thus far this season and i know this is part of the reason as to why they're the worst pass defenses because they're playing josh allen but he has gotten like of his six matchups thus far like all of them are bottom 10 like they're matchups that you want to be attacking thus far this season. It's kind of crazy. Like that is not going to continue throughout the whole season. But we did just see Derek Carr have one of his best weeks against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that makes me want to be on Josh Allen again at 8.2. He's certainly not priced up too much to the point where like you're sweating it. If you guys can afford to pay for Josh Allen, I would say that you do that. From there, I do really like Tom Brady. Tom Brady and a couple of his pass catchers were, well, I guess Leonard Fournette got a receiving touchdown, but Mike Evans was one yard short of a touchdown and Chris Godwin was one yard short of a touchdown as well. So Tom Brady only had one passing TD that went to Leonard Fournette. He could have easily had another one. Okay, that would have bumped his DK point total up a little bit more. But the thing that we love about Tom Brady is, one, the matchup. We just saw Josh Allen dominate against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And yes, like Josh Allen threw two perfect deep balls to Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis made an excellent one-handed catch. Okay, really well defended. It's just like, you can't beat that. Can Tom Brady do that? I, maybe. I don't know. That was just a pretty elite throw and catch there. Uh, but the Steelers are defense that you can beat via the passing game. I do expect the Bucs to be able to win this game against the Steelers, who, you know, they're just banged up. The defense isn't terrible, but they will eventually break throughout the game. Okay, so Tom Brady throwing the ball 52 52 and 42 times over the last three weeks. That's something that's highly appealing to me. Once again, if he's going to be throwing the ball over 40 attempts in this matchup, he should be able to get to 20 plus DK points. And maybe that touchdown comes his way that didn't go his way last week. So Tom Brady at 6.3, I do think is going to be a solid play as well. And then Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins at this price point is certainly a great play. He gets a matchup with the Miami Dolphins that have given up 22 DK points per week on average. This is a top five matchup on the slate. We get Kirk Cousins, who he's been throwing the ball a ton ever since week one against the Green Bay Packers when, well, they just didn't really need to throw the ball. After that, 46, 41, 38, and 41. Now, the problem with Kirk Cousins is last week was his best DFS week, but 
we kind of know Kirk Cousins, primetime Kirk Cousins. You look at that game against New Orleans, it was a London game. Like there are small different factors that are going into why maybe Kirk Cousins hasn't been as dominant as some people would have wanted. But the fact of the matter is he is throwing the ball about 40 times per game and he gets a great matchup with the Miami Dolphins. This is a matchup in which I I do think he should be able to get to around, you know, 300 passing yards and maybe two touchdowns. You look at last week, he was four yards shy of that 300 yard bonus. And, you know, if he gets that, it's a really great day. All right, now getting to the running backs on the slate, I don't really get why Saquon Barkley is priced this low. We have just seen it each and every week. He is this offense. Okay, sure. He left part of the game last week due to an injury. He only played in 69% of the snaps, which is a little bit different from his like 80 to 90% of the snaps that he'd been playing. Maybe that's why he's priced down the slow because he did get a little bit banged up in this game or in the last game. That could be why. But besides that, like this is the same matchup he's had pretty much the last four weeks, okay? We're not too worried about it. It's not a plus matchup. It's not a negative matchup. It's a matchup that you're fine with. Like, the workload is still going to be there for Saquon Barkley, who's just averaging well over 20 opportunities per game. And at the price point of 7.7, it just doesn't really make sense. We look at how many times he's getting used in the passing game. That elevates his floor. He's just looked elite. It's kind of a simple play, I think, this week, especially compared to all the other running back plays that are around him. Okay, like Nick Chubb gets a tough matchup against New England. Obviously, we really did like that matchup last week with the Chargers. Okay, this is going to be a tough matchup for Nick Chubb. You look at that offense with Carolina, what's it going to look like with uh, the head coach gone? With Baker Mayfield in there, not in there. Probably going to be better, but they're going against the Rams. That's a tough matchup. Sure, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, they can all get there. I'm fine with those plays. But from there, we don't have a lot of great plays. Okay, and for me, I'm just going back to the one running back play on the slate that's pretty elite is Ramdre Stevenson. He just looks good. Okay, I, I kind of kept mentioning how Damian Harris has looked like as a better runner, but they keep using Stevenson as that bruiser back. And it's been working. Okay, with Harris potentially out in this next game, because he left last game with a hamstring injury, Stevenson would just be a lock and load play. Last week, he was a great play, regardless of Harris being there. But this week, if Harris is out, he's just a lock and load play. Now, yes, last week, they only had two active running backs. That'll change. Okay, so he's not going to play 90% of the snaps like he did last week. Okay, it'll probably be around 70%. But that should well be enough. Okay, that should be enough for him. Uh, Stevenson at 6K against the Cleveland Browns. Once again, they just got tore up against the Atlanta Falcons in week four, where all their running backs were able to have a good week. Then last week, Austin Eckler just dominated against them as well. Stevenson should be able to have a highly productive game once again, just because, well, that is the strength of this offense. And at 6K, you just have to lock and load them into your builds, especially if Harris is going to be ruled out. And then the last running back play, we have to wait on some news. James Conner currently questionable. If he does sit, then I do think we are going to be looking at Eno Benjamin, who kind of has been sneakily working himself into this offensive flow, regardless of injuries. And then last week, with the injuries, he was forced into a more prominent role. But we've seen him get eight carries prior to that. You know, 12 opportunities last week in this matchup with Seattle, a matchup that, you know, has been a decent matchup to target. You know, Benjamin at 4.6 would probably be, you know, an elite option. Okay. You look at Kenneth Walker, who's going to be a value play that a lot of people will be on. I like Eno Benjamin a little bit more, just given the matchup. Given the offense, like he could get four targets once again and get around six DK points just in the passing game. And then it doesn't take much on the running game. Maybe he gets a rushing touchdown as well. So 4.6 right now, 
I'm assuming that James Conner is going to be out, and then Enel Benjamin is just going to be an elite value play, especially for that running back position. Receiver-wise, guys, once again, like Cooper Cup firmly in play. Okay, I don't have to tell you guys, this isn't breaking news. Justin Jefferson firmly in play. Diggs firmly in play. Like those three receivers, if you guys can afford to pay up for them, by all means, do it. Okay, Debo Samuel is going to be a safe cash play once again. Uh, Tyree Kill, if you guys can afford to fit him into your builds, sure. I, I like his price point once again. Seven targets last week. I do expect Tua to be back. The only issue with him is that he was in a walking boot at the end of the game. That does worry me a little bit. If he does it, maybe someone like Jalen Waddle becomes someone that you're targeting instead. But for me on the slate, I'm going with the Bucks receivers. Okay, Mike Evans kind of hindered a little bit by AJ Terrell. Okay, that was our worry last week. Terrell has been a pretty good DB thus far this season, but he still had eight targets, four receptions for 81 yards, and probably should have had a touchdown. I was really shocked that they didn't overturn that touchdown call because it looked to me like he was in the end zone. And if you give him that touchdown, that's 18 DK points. Okay. And it looks like a much better week. Kind of strange there, but you know, we still get him at a pretty solid price point, especially given the matchup. He's someone that I have high confidence in to be able to get to 15 DK points. But I kind of just go down to Chris Godwin, who also nearly scored a touchdown last week, still saw six targets, still getting a lot of snaps, about 90% of the snaps, still is able to score 12 DK points. Kind of would say that he's due for a touchdown okay Chris Goblin at 6.1 is an elite play once again this week something I'm going on my way to play and then from there we're going to get into two value receivers from last week some value receivers I thought were just too priced down given their role and given their matchup one of them is going to be Jacoby Myers who last week saw eight targets was able to get to 100 receiving yards and a touchdown okay that is something that's kind of crazy with Jacoby Myers is that he finally got that touchdown okay he's looked good he's looked good he he kind of I don't want to say he is his offense but the offense needs him to really be able to function because they need those short, quick catches to Jacoby Myers. And he continues to be impressive. At 5.3, that's not priced up too much. And he is someone that I think can easily get you to 12 DK points or so. And that's kind of the worry is that like Chris Godwin, Jacoby Myers, they're high floor guys. Are they going to be able to go out and take that next step to get you like 20 DK points or so? Maybe not, but I do like Jacoby Myers a lot on the slate. The biggest issue is that we have Jacoby Myers and Stevenson in the same build. That's a lineup approach that I particularly don't love to do too much, but the price point is correct. And then the next receiver value play from last week that I'm going to be on this week as more of a core play is going to be Rondale Moore. So I kind of touched on it last week. He saw a huge amount of snaps in week four, filling taking over for Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch had been a consistent receiver play for us for the first three weeks, and then he just kind of became nothing. Only saw about 30% of the snaps. That's because Rondell Moore came in instantly and played a lot of snaps. Last week, he also played a lot of snaps, seeing 91% of the snaps last week. Okay. And he had a much better game last week. Honestly, I was very impressed by the film from Rondell Moore. You know, you talk about that quick twitch from Football players, he definitely had that last week. He had eight targets, seven receptions for 13.1 DK points. Sure, he gets a matchup with the Seattle Seahawks that have been, you know, a pretty strong defense via the passing game. And that's typically why you want to attack him in the run game. But Rondell Moore at 4.2 for a guy that probably will get around seven targets, especially given the amount of snaps that he's been playing, is highly appealing to me. That's going to be tough for me to pass up on. And once again, this is the problem is that I'm pairing two of my favorite receiver plays with two of my favorite running back plays. And that's just because the receiver plays are priced down. That's kind of the worry. Then I do just want to point out Romeo Dobbs going against the New York Jets, who are a decent pass defense, but I like the price point of Dobbs, who continues to play a lot of snaps. Dobbs has played 89, 96, and 86% of the snaps over the last three weeks. Christian Watson kind of left that game with a hamstring injury. So if Christian Watson's going to be out, I think that just locks in Dobbs, you know, snaps a little bit more. Can the targets be there again like they were the last two weeks in New England and Tampa Bay? Probably. I think that they will be. Um, kind of just a weird game where... 
The Giants were able to have long, sustained drives. Thus, the Packers' offense was not in the same flow that they typically would be. I expect the offense to get corrected next week, and thus Romeo Dobbs at 4.8 is going to be an interesting play as well. I think he could be someone that you end up on as a core play just because you're going more of a studs approach and you're trying to find some value. He'd be a value play that you could toss in there as well. And then tight end, guys. The Tyler Conklin free square finally broke last week, but the Tyler Higbee free square was still there last week. You know, saw 10 targets last week. I uh, was able to score 11.6 DK points. He continues to produce, continues to play a lot of snaps. Honestly, I just don't overthink it, and I'm kind of just going back so well with Tyler Higby this week you could be looking at Zach Ertz in a great matchup as well Zach Ertz has been someone that's been highly productive so we can see since week one he's seen 11 10 6 and 10 targets okay over 10 DK points in every game thus far he is priced up a little bit too much for me you know given that matchup with Seattle that kind of bumped his price up a little bit and with how consistent he's been but sure you can easily fit Zach Ertz into a build it is the best matchup on the slate for tight ends if you want to go that route you certainly can and you know what that's really it I will say if Cameron Brait is ruled out again in this one I don't think he will be but then Kate Otten would be some that you're looking at as well as a discounted tight end play defensively for now I always go with the approach of what's the lowest price defense I can play that's not going to go negative I would say the Panthers would be that defense you know they've been a strong defense thus far the season they get the LA Rams whose offense has not been as good as you would want it to be obviously the Panthers just got their head coach fired so they might be a little bit more fired up as well so Panthers D at 2.4 is a great price point and then we have a lot of salary left over so we can make some upgrades to our lineup let's just go up from Jacoby Myers I guess to the receiver spot and then we'll throw in digs in there be perfectly fine with it and that's what I mean with like these players that you can afford to pay up for it's like all right like you get done with your building you have salary left over that's exactly what I do it's like oh I have money to afford digs in there we're good with it or let's say vice versa oh I have money to afford Josh Allen great you know, that's how I like to use it. And then obviously you can make another quick upgrade to your lineup as well. But that's all I have for you guys for this video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. If you did, please give me a like and subscribe. If you guys want to become a nine to five member, it is $10 a month. That includes a lineup builder for DraftKings as well as the cheat sheet, which includes FanDuel and DraftKings pricing. With that, it's more of a golf membership. It's a pretty elite package there for golf. The NFL stuff is just included in it. So check it out. It's $10 a month. Uh, but if not, guys, like and subscribe. That helps out the channel. That helps out the video. Let's have a good week. And as always, guys, let's keep cashing.